Good morning, everybody. My name is Kyle Lounsbury, and along with my beautiful wife right here, Jasmine, we will be speaking today. And uh, we help lead the campus ministry. Make some noise, campus. There we go. And, um, you know, today we're going to continue talking about becoming, right? That we're becoming. And today, the topic is going to be, let me grab my clicker. I forgot. Sorry, guys. There it is. Let's see if it works here. Boom. Becoming loving. All right. Who here likes love? Who here loves love? Right. So all of us here, I think deeply in us, we desire love, right? As human beings, we need love. Let's just get that out of the way to start. Amen. You know, the cool thing is God created us this way on purpose. And he created us. One to give love and one to receive love. Amen. And today we're going to be talking about becoming loving people. Loving. All right. To become like God means to become loving. Why? Because God is love. You with me? God is love. And we get to become like him. But to become takes effort. It takes time. It takes work. It takes a concentrated effort. You with me? And as disciples of Jesus, as followers of Christ, we are called to become like him in every facet of our lives. We're called to become like God. We're called to become like Jesus. And the biggest aspect of Jesus is love. So therefore, we're called to love. Amen. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is love. Becoming loving. Let's say a word of prayer and we'll dive right in. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this morning and this time to be together. Lord, it's so encouraging to be with my brothers and sisters who I love so dearly. Lord, one of the things I love so much about your church is how different we all are. How unique our backgrounds are, our upbringings are. But we all get to be united in one thing, and that's Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who we get to love who we get to be loved by, and who we get to imitate in how we love. And Lord, I pray that this morning your spirit is with us, that it speaks through Jasmine and I, that it's not us. Remove me, Lord. Remove Jasmine during this morning of us speaking, but really allow you and your spirit to speak this morning. We love you, Lord. We pray for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the theme scripture I want to share today is the greatest commandment. All right, the theme passage is what we're going to be drawn from for the most part. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. This is the greatest commandment right here, to love God with everything we've got. You with me? And so the greatest commandment is to love God and the second is to love people. So I figured, you know what? Point one is love God and point two is love people. All right. We're going to keep it simple and we're going to dive into that today. But if you want to become like God, you need to love him and people. And we see that through the life of Jesus. We see that in the way God loves his people in the Bible. Amen. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So point number one is love God. You know, we must learn how to love God if we want to become loving, right? we got to learn how to love him 
if we want to become loving. So a lot of times, you know, we as people can think, oh, I know how to love. I know, I know what makes someone feel loved, right? Who's read that book, The Five Love Languages? Anybody? Okay, so we're familiar with that. For me, my favorite, whoa. It's because I did that, Stuart? My bad. I covered the mic. Um, for me, my, my love language is words of affirmation. So I appreciate it when people encourage me, when people say nice things to me. You know, when people say, I'm proud of you, Kyle, I appreciate that a lot. That, that is my love language. So if you want to encourage me while I'm speaking today, you can say some good things, all right? You can throw out an amen, say, preach it, brother, any of that. That'll encourage me, okay? Well, here's the thing. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes, though, I feel like, you know, because this is how I feel loved, then this is how everyone else must feel loved. And I've learned that through marriage, that's not the case, okay? I've learned that my wife does not feel the same way. I think sometimes, oh, so proud of you, honey. You did a great job. I'm sure it means something. But for her, it's like, thanks, yeah, okay. That doesn't mean much for her because that's not how she feels loved. You with me? The way that my wife feels loved is through giving her gifts, all right? My wife is bougie, okay? Look at it, we're matching today. We got the, the flannel, the black pants, the white shirt. That's how my wife is, okay? She loves gifts. She loves when she receives a gift that is with intention and thought. You know, another thing that makes her feel loved is acts of service. When I serve her, when I clean the house, when I do my dishes, when I take out the trash, right? You with me, brothers? Yeah. I did not take the trash out this morning, I will confess, but I will when I get home later today. It doesn't need to be dumped, actually. I need to dump that thing. Okay. Um, but she appreciates it when I love her the way that she feels love. You guys following me? You're with me? So we're going to dive into that a little bit when we talk more about loving people. But I think there's an aspect we can learn about this when it comes to God. When we love God. Because at times I think we can think, oh, I, you know, to love God requires me to just you know, follow his rules. Or to love God requires me to, you know, just pray a lot. Let me just pray a lot. Like this picture, this little boy's praying. If I just pray a lot, God feels loved, right? I don't think that's necessarily wrong. But what I will say is, I think it's important we understand God, in some ways, has a love language. God appreciates something specific when we do this certain thing to make him feel loved. And so we're going to look at a passage here that talks a little bit about that. You guys with me? All right, let's turn our Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 23. It reads, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Anyone who loves me. Who loves Jesus? Who loves God? Raise your hand. I need to see it. Okay. So that means all of you. Anyone who loves God will do what? Obey his teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So, what are we seeing here? We're seeing, how can we love God? What is it? Through obedience to His teaching. That's one way, right? I'm not saying this is the only way, so don't get, don't get it twisted. This is one way we can love God is through our obedience to to him. Amen. It's through our obedience. We must obey his teaching. You know, obeying God's teaching is an act of love for him. It's pretty cool to think about. 
that through our obedience, that's how we can love God. You know, if you look in First uh, John verse two or chapter two, verse five. But if anyone o- obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. Made complete. Your love for God gets made complete through obedience to his word. That's pretty, pretty awesome. But let me share this for a second. Sometimes I think we don't necessarily look at obeying the teachings or obeying God's word as an act of love. We don't view it that way. There's a disconnect sometimes. Rather, we we may view it as a rule or as a law. Oh, I just have to do this. Let me just get in line. Aye, aye, Captain. Yes, sir, God. I'm going to do what you say because I just have to. But when we view it through a different lens, when we view it through this lens of love, no, I love God. The greatest command is to love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the greatest command. I'm going to love God through my obedience. That when I obey, this is me showing my love to God. Rather than I just got to obey so that way I don't go to hell. You with me? But no, it's I'm going to obey because I love God. And this overflow of love in my heart for the Lord, it prompts me to want to obey Him. You with me on that? I think it's important that we view it that way. I know for me, growing up as a kingdom kid, that's what we call kids who grow up in the church here. I, I really felt like, man, I just have to be the good kid that follows the rules. And I never viewed it as, no, my obedience is my way of showing God I love him. But I viewed it as, no, I just got to follow this rule and follow that rule. And then it caused me to live a double life where at school I would live one way and it's definitely not godly. And at church... I'm the good little preacher's kid. That's how I live my life because I missed the connection between love and obedience. Brothers and sisters, I think it's it's easy for us to miss that connection, but I want to encourage you, please don't miss that connection. Our love for God is made complete through obedience to Him. It's that missing puzzle piece that that is what completes our love. Amen? That's an encouraging thing to remember that when we... Obey Him. He is loved. So now that we understand one aspect of how to love God, right? We understand that this is a key aspect. I think I want to share another point of view that I think will help us understand a little bit more about how to love God. You with me? I want to share another scripture with you guys that talks about how much we should love God. All right? I've said the word love a lot today. This next passage says nothing about the word love. So let's read Luke 14, verse 25. It says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. All right, Kyle, so where's the love part of this scripture, right? Where's the love part? I don't see love in here. As a matter of fact, I see the opposite. I see hate. Now, for those who have read this scripture, we may understand what's really being talked about here, right? It's this idea of radical love for Christ. This radical love. Becoming like God requires radical love, brothers and sisters. Jesus was radical in how he spoke. Jesus was radical in the things he said. What does it say at the very the first two words? Large crowds. You know, if I was a leader in that time, or if I was trying to gain a big following, 
I probably wouldn't tell everyone to hate their family and their life. I would want to say something that is really appealing to the ears, that makes them really like me, right? Again, like I said earlier, I, I like when people like me. I like when people say nice things about me. That's probably what I would say. I, I would not say this. This is crazy. Jesus says, you've got to hate your family, your wife, your children, your brothers and sisters, even your own life. Guys, we live in a society today that loves themselves so much. This is why Jesus said it. Jesus said this because we, by nature, are selfish. We, by nature, love ourselves. We love other things. We don't look to God when, he, when we receive a blessing. We look at the blessing. Or maybe the cause of that. Or how hard we worked for it. And we think of it as ours. You know, the society we live in tells you to put yourself first. Put your own needs first. Your wants, your desires, your dreams, your goals. It's about you. That's what social media is all about. That's what TV tells us it's all about. It's about you. But Jesus says... It's not about you. If you want to follow me, it's about me. You've got to love me more than anything. Love me more than anything in your life that it doesn't even come close. Amen? I'm going to have Jasmine share a little bit more on this point here. Oh, there it goes. All right, guys. Um, Yeah, eight years ago when I was studying the Bible, I was learning how to love God. At that time, I was living such a young and wild, free life, and looking back, I was living my life based on myself. Whatever I felt, I did, and it was all about Jasmine. But as I studied the Bible, I quickly learned it was not about me. Can anyone relate to that? Yep. I read who Jesus was and is, and it was a huge wake-up call. I was called for my life to look more and more like Jesus and less of my own. And this was a tough calling, and today, church, it's still a tough calling for me today. I don't know if you noticed, kind of like what Kyle was sharing, we do live in a vain and conceited world. Mm. It's a selfie world. The world deceives us into thinking it's all about us and we're just living in your world. I believe this self-theology is seeping into our lives, but I also believe it's slowly seeping into our church. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-2, through 2, it says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Mm. How interesting that the first thing we read, Paul's writing to um, young Timothy here, and so the first thing we read, it says people are going to be lovers of themselves. Doesn't that sound a lot like our world today? I see more men and women in the faith taking selfies of themselves on social media rather than sharing the gospel. I see men and women constantly caring about their looks rather than affirming who they are in Christ. And I mention these examples, church, because I am tempted by this every day. I have to constantly remind myself, Galatians 2, verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I have to remind myself of this constantly, that I gave myself away 
eight years ago. And so why live that any longer? It's all over Jesus' teaching. Have you given yourself away, church? Have you made that decision? We cannot love God if we're holding on to ourselves. And Jesus is teaching, he says, deny yourself, give up your life, greatest commandment, love your God. And so I challenge you, church, men and women, young and wise, are you living a life that's less of Jesus and less of you, sorry, less of you and more of Jesus? Amen. Amen. Becoming like God means that we no longer love ourselves first. You with me? It's not about us first. It's about Jesus. It's about God. And then, we're going to get to in a second, it's about others. Amen? So, if we want to become more like God, we've got to love Him first. You with me, brothers and sisters? Let me ask you this question here. Do I love God so much more than everything else in my life? Ask yourself that right now. Maybe get specific. Maybe think deeper about it. Wherever you spend your time, generally, is what you love. Right? Wherever you spend your time. So, let's say you love sports. If you spend your time watching sports all day, Saturdays, college football, Sundays, NFL, throughout the week, you got, you know, the, the MLB playoffs are playing. My Dodgers lost, unfortunately. But that's okay. It's all good. Thank you. But if you're spending that much time doing those things, how much time are you spending with God? How much time are you prioritizing the Lord in your life? You with me? I'm not saying I'm perfect at this. I'm far from it. I struggle with this as well. It's hard to put this into practice. To put God above everything in your life is not an easy thing to do in our society. So we've got to be real about this. We've got to be open about this. We've got to share about this with each other and talk about the struggle we're going through. If we're feeling like, man, I I just feel selfish. This is where my heart's leaning leaning me towards. I want to just do what I want to do. I don't want to wake up and go to church and be on time. I don't want to do that. I want to do what I want to do. I've been there. That's how I feel sometimes. But do I love God so much more than everything else in my life? We've got to ask ourselves that. And once we decide whether or not we do or don't, we've got to make the changes to make it happen and love Him first. Amen? So let's strive to put God first in our lives and love Him by obeying His Word and His teachings, brothers and sisters. So to become loving means we must love God. And the second point is we must love people. Alright? We must learn how to love people if we want to become loving. We've got to learn it. Now again, back to my point in my illustration earlier. We all feel loved in different ways. So we're going to look at a few ways today that we can love one another. Amen? Let's turn to Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Philippians 2, 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. We all know this one. We all know this scripture. Do nothing out of selfish ambition, right? Again, who are we talking about? The self. Ourselves. It's easy to love ourselves. We got to do everything. 
out of love for people, not for ourselves. Amen? Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Valuing each other. Valuing your neighbors. Valuing your family. Valuing others. We cannot be selfish. We must value others more than ourselves. This is a great way to love people. Who here feels loved when someone serves you? When you feel served, right? When you're maybe served a great meal, when someone changes your tire, right? Yeah, that's happened before. You'd be surprised, right? When someone takes care of your family, they get you a gift. It feels good when you're served, when you're given to, right? That's how we should be as Christians. This is a great way to love people, and Jesus did this himself. He made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. That's who Jesus was. So to become loving means we must look not to our own interests, but to the interests of others. Amen? You guys with me on that? Another way we can love people, Colossians 3.12, let's turn there. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let's be honest for a second. We hurt each other. As people, we hurt one another. We say mean things. We offend one another. We do things that are disrespectful. I can go down the list. We hurt each other. What does the Lord say? He says to forgive. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. This is an amazing way to love one another. You with me? When we forgive, we are directly showing the love of God. We are imitating Jesus who did what for us? He forgave us. Jesus forgave us from our sins. So when we love or when we forgive, that is an amazing way to love others. Amen. I'm going to have Jasmine share a little bit more on this point. Got the mic. Yes, you guys. This is a huge challenge for me. Um, I honestly, you guys, I've never been challenged so much in my life when it comes to loving people. God has brought me another layer of love that I've never been before. He's constantly taking me to another level of love for his people. And even when I think I made it to the top where I'm like, yes, I'm such a loving person, God just takes me deeper and I'm always learning. Um, Being a college minister, it's like I'm practicing how to be a mom without the title and without the actual responsibilities of a mom, but I feel like a mom as a college minister. And I love my students so much, so much. But it's hard because like all human beings that we are, we, are sh- we hurt people, we fall short, we sin, we're imperfect. And so I'm learning how to love deeply even if I've hurt or sinned against people or if they've hurt me or sinned against me. And so in 1 Peter, um, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Are we actively loving people deeply? Not just in our church. I'm talking about our workplaces, our household, roommates, our family, friends, our neighbors, etc. 
That was Jesus's mission, to love God and to love his people. And Jesus's love was not based on their behavior. It's not based on my behavior, your behavior. He loves us so much where he gave up his life for us. And I think the crazy thing that I just get blown away every time as I'm studying the Bible with people is that he gave up his life for just a maybe. Like it wasn't it for like a for sure yes. Like it was just for a maybe that we might follow him, that we might love him back. And so Jesus extends this unconditional love. And so I ask myself all the time, like, why can't I love people the same way? If Jesus is extending that same type of love, I need to extend the same love as the way that he does. And so God is patiently and graciously, like, giving me those, like, pow-pows when I start to let my love be conditional. And I'm still wrestling with this church, um, I feel like this is something that I wrestle with a lot. And I did want to share this book. This book, honestly, has helped me so much. It's called Surrender to Love by David Benner. And so if you are feeling like it's hard for you to love people, that there's like, God, yeah, please help me. This book, honestly, has helped me so much on how to love people the way that God loves us. And so... Um, I wanted to share one of the quotes that was in the book. It says, The Christian God doesn't turn away from sinners in disgust, but moves towards us, bringing us his redemptive presence. And so I thank Lord that he gave us a savior, a savior that perfectly shows us the great example on how to love him and how to love his people. Amen. So we must love people through forgiveness. You guys with me? And lastly, we're going to look at a scripture that talks about how we can love others through sacrifice. All right, through sacrifice. John 15, verse 12. says, My command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Love each other as I have loved you. That is how we can become loving, is to imitate the example of Jesus. And then he says to lay down one's life for one's friends. You know, whenever I'm studying the Bible with somebody and I am and pretty much trying to help them understand the impact and the, the, the weight of the cross and understanding, wow, Jesus died for my sins. What I do is I'll say, hey, imagine if you and I are walking down a street and there's a giant semi-truck barreling down the road. Brakes are, are lost. It's not stopping. And it's going so fast, and it's about to hit you and kill you. But I jump in the middle. I move you out the way at the last second, and it runs me over, and I die. How would you feel? What would you be thinking? You would feel so grateful. You would feel the, the impact of love would be so great that the rest of your life, in some sense, would be an honor to what I, what, what I did for you. Right? That's the impact Jesus has on our life, that He saved us from darkness. He saved us from a lost and broken world that never had hope. But He gave it hope. He gave it a purpose. He gave it a future. Amen? That's the impact of Jesus. And that's the type of love we are called to imitate. It is this love of laying down 
one's life for one's friends. At this time, I'm going to show a video of one of my favorite movies of all time, and then we're going to close out and take communion. But it's a great, it's a great ending to the movie, and I'm sorry if I spoiled it. It's a couple years old, so you should, you should have watched this movie already. All right? But it, it, it really exemplifies what sacrifice means, okay? So let's, let's watch that, movie, or that, that clip right here. Who's seen that movie, Avengers Endgame? Okay, good. So many of us have seen it. So we understand what's going on here, right? We understand that Iron Man laid down his life. So we understand that, you know, if you keep watching the movie, he no longer is with us, and Iron Man's my favorite. But we see the power of sacrifice. You guys with me? We see the power of sacrifice There is no greater love than sacrifice. Amen? There's no greater love than laying down your life for one's friends. You know, sacrificing for the good of others is one way that we can love people. But Jesus set the best example 
for sacrifice through dying on the cross for all of us. And so at this time, we're going to bow our heads. We're going to take communion. But let's remember that becoming loving means we've got to love God and love people. Jesus made it possible for us to become like Him. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank You so much for this morning and this time. We're so grateful for the sacrifice of Jesus, for Him laying down His life for all of us. That He took on the burden and the weight of our sin, our nastiness, our deceit. He took that on for us, Lord. He died a painful, horrific death. But He beat death and resurrected God. We have hope because of the resurrection. Because the tomb is still empty to this day. Because we have the gift now of eternal life in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that as we remember Jesus, we remember the immense amount of love that He has for us and His people. I pray that we can imitate that. That we can become loving through loving You first and foremost by obeying Your Word, by putting You first in everything, and by loving Your people, by loving one another deeply, by laying down our life for each other, by forgiving one another, by putting each other's needs above our own. This is the example Your Son Jesus set for us. And as we remember the cross, I pray that we can remember Jesus' life as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.